Visit Arcade Club, Europe's largest classic arcade, with over 200 video and pinball machines. There's classic consoles and computers. There is also PS4s, Xbox Ones, Wii U, PC, and Oculus Rift, and regular tournaments and competitions. All machines are set to free play. Open Fridays, Saturdays, and Sundays. Check out arcadeclub.co.uk for more details. Tenpence Arcade are proud members of the Throwback Network and the Retro Junkies Network. Hello, I'm Cosmic Victor. And I'm Crazy Sean, crazy like a fox. And we are the collective that makes up the Tenpence Arcade Podcast. Welcome to our first two-game show, where we will eventually get to review two games we've been playing for the last two weeks. Two games that were the favourite of the late Peter Davis, who we spoke about last show. Mm. Right, what have we been up to? Come on, tell me what you've been what up to. What I've been up to? I've been up to stuff. Stuff? To stuff. I like stuff. But- the most important thing, I'm, I'm quite proud of this. Paul Driscoll's uh, done a book called Press Start, The Video Game Years. And it's, he's doing a book on every year from 1977 onwards with a bit of back history of news and everything. But this first book is from the beginning of time, like dinosaurs, yeah, right up to 1977. And I, I was talking to him about it, and I've helped him a bit on the arcade side. So he's, he's put a little dedication to me in front of Boo. Ooh, do you know Ooh, the problem? Do you know the problems that dinosaurs had with joysticks and buttons? They couldn't reach the fire button and the D pad at the same time. Yeah, you, they used to play them dance, dance revolution games. You know the the <laughs> you're, doing have, little, you're doing a little T Rex hands in, right? They would have had to have massive dance floor pads for their huge feet. Yeah, they round the back of my house. They dug one up, fossil, big dance mat, dance, dance, rawr. Yeah. Oh, those, yeah, yeah so, I, this is the Drisk, as we know mm, him. Mm. I have started the book. I've got a little way through it, and it's good so far. Mm. I like it. He's, he's done also loads of PDF downloadable books available through the Retro Asylum website. Oh, like, he's a writer, he, is he? Mm. Yeah, ooh, he did one on Star Wars, and I think I mentioned it before. Uh-huh. And it's got every single Star Wars game in ever on oh, any Oh, my Lord, there's over 100, isn't there? Mm, yeah, loads. Oh dear. Blimey, He's very, very good at his research, and it's a fascinating read, kids. So get that purchased. Video game years, press start. Or something like that is called. We'll put a link in the show notes. Excellente. Yes. Nice. What else have you been up to? Well, I've been researching shoot 'em up history. That that book has has got me into looking at shoot 'em up history again. Cool. So I'm I'm gonna I might do something with that. I might start a little shoot 'em up blog or something. I don't know. Ooh, I'll I'll tune into that. <laughs> I'd buy that for a dollar. Read about you shooting stuff in face. Right in face. Also been to Arcade Club twice in twice? the last two weeks. Oh yeah. In yeah. the last two weeks, yeah, because I haven't been for three weeks before that. I saw you and your bearded friend, Mr. Ross Ross. Yeah. The Bearded Brothers, picture of you two completing, was it Batrider? We played through Armed Police Batrider, each having one continue each. Yeah. And we were quite pleased that we'd done it in, in under about 50 credits. Yeah. And then Mr. SM Radius come up and one CC'd it. I thought he might. Did he have his shark uniform on? No, he didn't. He didn't oh. need it. Oh, wow. It was that enough. good. And then he went on to do something like 30 million on Dodon Pachi Doju. These people annoy me. He's just so. I know they're otherworldly, aren't they? Yeah, I'm just a bit jealous. Wish I was that good at at least one game. 
Not just <laughs> all of the ones they touch. We're looking at you, Charlie Farr. Charlie, Charlie Farr. Yeah, I, don't, I can't really say much of what I've been doing, um, apart from I received some things, and mm. I've been sort of messing around with those, really. Yeah. So, yeah, we'll talk about that when we get to the pickups, because it's to do, all to do with picking up stuff. Oh, very Other good. than that, I've been playing quite a lot of our chosen games. One of them in particular, one of them not so much. <laughs> me too. Let me give you a clue to the one I haven't been playing so much. Yes. Anyway, so that's what you've been up to. Uh, yeah, just playing, really. And, and silly good. work, unfortunately. Dull, boring. Mm. Any road... That's a quick what we've been up to. It's all mm. to do with the next few segments, so we'll get on quickly to do our arcade news segment. We certainly shall. Right, we've had a lot of messages on UK VAT. Well, sorry, there's been a lot of messages on UK VAT regarding Peter Davis Invader yes. and his family. So there's some really nice messages on there, so you can go on the forum if you're on there and have a look. And also, Ninty Arcade Alex has mm-hmm. done a nice video about you lot going up to Aberdeen the other week and collecting all the machines. I got a mention! Yay! Yay! I, I was <laughs> halfway through the video at the start, and it just got to the bit where we're up there, and I haven't watched any since because I ran out of time when I was doing. But I'll have to have a look at that. Because he was sort of filming when he was up there, and I was like, is that on? <laughs> He's like, yeah. And I was like, oh, I better say something then. Yeah, it was good. He videoed and, and sort of uh, documented the whole lot, as well as... Um, Tony Temple on his blog, which was an excellent write-up. I really enjoyed yeah. that. Yeah, so there's a lot a lot of information on that. Well, you didn't call it a raid, did you? Yeah, you it was more it... of a clearance more than anything. Yeah. Yeah, yeah all, the, all the cabs at the moment, uh, some people have been putting little, little write-ups and blogs of the restorations, and they're all going ahead at the moment. Uh, Mr. Smarty Martin has been restoring a field goal tabletop, which is looking look really nice. He's got it working already. Mm-hmm. So that's going. He's uh, he's also restoring a Japanese breakout cocktail or a super breakout cocktail. I can't remember what it is, but he's getting that sorted out and everything going on. And other people Excellent. are looking for parts to complete their restorations. And I've started some as well. Very which good. We will get on to. <laughs> also, Strike Harbinger. There's a first impressions video. We spoke about this a while ago. It's we been a, a game that's like Space Harrier. Yeah, it's sort of. Um, it's modern... not official, is it? But I think no. it's getting. I think Sega have approved it, maybe. Modern hardware. It was at Galloping Ghost. Yes. You are six years old, by the way, last week. Happy birthday, Galloping Yay! Ghost. So it, it, there's a video showing the gameplay, and it looks like a souped-up version of Space Harrier. Yeah. It's it's in a sort of a mock-up cab. They're using a Tron stick for the controller at the moment. Yeah, it has to be a flight stick, I think, yeah. Mm. But it looks really smooth and fluid, and I really want to go with it. It looks really pretty as well. I thought the mm. graphics looked excellent. It's so smooth as well. It, it really did remind me of an updated Space Harrier, which is good. Mm. like it. It didn't yeah, look so- quite finished, though, but it is only first impressions, isn't it? Yeah, just they would they put it in the arcade for their was it a Sega week that they did recently? They do have weeks on certain manufacturers. Yeah, they did have a Sega week. Yeah, and right up to the morning of the the thing starting, he was still working on the high score table and stuff. So wow. it, it's still a work in progress. That cool. It's going to be good. And I expect the Galloping Ghost will have it in there when it when it comes out. Brilliant. Oh yeah, this is a good one. I can't remember where I found this, but I found it, I did. The Strange World of Arcade Test PCBs. Oh, yes, I'd like to have a look at this. It's interesting. Oh, uh, it's a, I think it's a Spanish site called Beep Game Center. Mm-hmm. 
and yeah it's been written in english anyway and it's about apparently in the late 80s or early though even earlier than that maybe uh, yeah late 80s early 90s you couldn't release an arcade cab in japan if it didn't have a game in it yeah because they, they made out that it wasn't complete if it didn't have something to actually show the monitor and the controls working yeah, it was. Yeah, if you had an unfinished electronic product, as they called it, you couldn't release it, forbidden yeah. by law. So, what all these people used to do Sega, Taito, Namco, Konami they used to make a very basic little game on a tiny little jammer board mm-hmm. and release it with the game. Yeah, so I think to, it was this is, must have been after 1986 because they're jammer boards, and that's when jammer mm. came about. Looking at some of them, they're just really basic, tiny games, but they are playable. There's one like Head On. Yeah called Dottori Kun. Yeah. And that is 256 by 192 pixels. It's very basic, black and white as well. Yeah, and that was in... What was that in? The Sega Universal Cabinets, Aero City, Astro City, Blast City. Yeah. And they they did a white on black and a black and white one. Wow. And then someone's hacked it to do Pac-Man. Cool. I like this. People do stuff like that. There's a Mini Space Invaders. Mm -hmm. And there's quite a decent one. I, I don't know what it's called, actually. Oh, Mogora Des. Is that the Konami one? Uh, uh, yes, Konami one, yeah. yeah. I've Z80. seen some of these on eBay before. They go for quite cheap money, £20, £30. Uh, and they're more of a sort of little objet d'art than anything else. Yeah. It's not really. I think the Space Invaders is like a single line of Space Invaders at a time, so you just get to shoot a few, and a few yeah. more come. And it's very, I don't think there's any sound or anything like that. It's just black and white, mm-hmm. no sound. Just t- tests the controls and... and the buttons, I suppose. I've never heard of these. I didn't know these existed. You know? I did. I've I've seen the Invader one and the head-on one for sale, but the other few I saw, and they, was, they were brand new to me. I've never seen this before. It's quite interesting seeing that why they actually released them and the different versions, because the different manufacturers made their own little games. And they're mm. about a five-inch square board. They're, they're only slightly, almost the same size as the, the Jammer connector, which is about five inches, so they're about five inches square. They're tiny little things. Yeah, Namco did one called Battalion, which is a version of their Tank Battalion oh, game. It's a great little game, that is. I like that game. Yeah, so yeah, it's really interesting. So there'll be a link in the no-shows for that. Kids! There is. What's next? Oh, 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 oh. Our friends over at Retro Domination in Australia. Down under, those guys. You're very good at accents. Lovely. I like those guys. <laughs> I listen to quite a lot. <laughs> yeah, I do. One of them has picked up a haul of eight cabs for f- what is it and we five- can't say it oh no, no can't say that guys Ooh, no don't, no you don't want to no. be known in case people steal them 500 australian dollars which is 300 pounds mm-hmm. right what is picked up these are modernish ones right america's okay. army a 2007 light game never heard of that one i've put 2207 light game in the notes haven't i <laughs> have you been into the future again is it Holly? the future from global vr i've never heard of that mm-hmm. ninja assault a 2000 light gun game i know someone who's had one of those oh I know someone who's been assaulted by a ninja. Oh, yeah, I've been assaulted by a ninja. Oh, going down the shots for a loaf of bread. It's a Atta- right pain, isn't it? Atta- Atta- eggs go ninjas. everywhere. <laughs> Two Atomis waves. Ooh. Yeah, one of them, sadly, no board in it when they've opened it up. You say Atomis wave. Mm. There's a wooden Atomis wave cab, and there's also the Atomis wave one that's very similar to a Egret uh, 3. Is it the Egret 3 one you're talking about? I the, think the it is. Oh, they're really nice cabs. They're basically an Egret mm. 3 with the different mm. stickers on. Uh, wow, nice they got one. two Silver Strike Bowlins. That, that game can be quite fun, you know. 
Yeah, James RGP's got one, and it always goes down well at the events. It's a really good little game, especially mm. two players. Yeah, nice little game. And a big Buck Hunter 2006, which is your standard shoot deers in the head, which I'm not sure Aww. I like. Aww. But it, it's already been, they've already converted it to a Super Street Fighter 2 Turbo with the original PCB and marquee. So wow, the original PCB has got to be worth £150. Mm. Nice one, nice one, guys. Lovely. A well generic, done. generic LAI cab, which is Leisure Allied Industries, which was Australia's premier arcade manufacturer. Way back they, when. They've done some nice cabinets, LAI like mm. cabs. Yeah, they're pretty cool. Mm. Nice one. Oh, our friend or my friend Phil Murray, who lives not too far away from me, has mm. hacked the Phoenix PCB code to provide free play because it never had a free play mode. Mm. And also fix the 204,000 point bug. You know, that's the one when you go on the left-hand side and you shoot three in sequence and you get 200,000 points odd? Yeah. He's fixed that. But he's also working on a high score save. But because the the size of the EPROMs, I think, there's not a lot of left left free space in there. He couldn't quite fit it in. But I think he's working on doing that. He might even have done it by now. Well done, Phil. That's a brilliant piece of uh, programming, that is. He's clever. He's a good lad. He's done all mm. sorts of weird and wonderful things. Nice one. So clever. Oh, I've got to tell this one is amazing. Yes. I, my, my brain flew out the side of my ear when I heard this. Oh, no. One of our listeners, who was going to talk about more in the feedback section, has changed the graphics on Kung Fu Master to make it Sean Fu Master. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Uh, sorry, I've got a bit of a cold, so I can't do that right. A, be- a bearded Kung Fu Master. Yeah. And I'm in it as well. Wearing yeah. a lovely red dress tied to a <laughs> chair. He's changed it to the graphics to us, and he's also changed some of the text round. Mm. Absolutely brilliant. I, I was fantastic. so tickled when I saw it. It's really it's good. Absolutely brilliant. He's released the code. I've got the EEPROM code. I haven't managed to get around to burning the ROMs yet, but I'll be able to change my PCB so it's Sean Fu Master. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that, that is, that is brilliant. fantastic yeah we'll, we'll mention him in a bit because he's put quite a bit of explanation in hasn't he yeah it's very interesting as well excellent work here's some good news for people in the northeast of England. what retro gamers retro game retro gamers nerg 2017 dates have been yes. announced already which is awesome do you know what yeah i'm looking forward to it already Oh, yeah, well, yeah I'm definitely there. going. Just so, it's right so, now. It's so good. It's as good as a good thing. First and second of July, 2017, back at the original oh, yeah, okay. venue, which original. is the Gateshead International Stadium. Brilliant. Brilliant. So we're looking forward to that already. It's only a year off. Come on. Oh, I sort of knew about this before. Mm. Our Mark Singleton, Singy, broke the gauntlet Twin Galaxy World Record. He sent the 12-hour video off Twin Galaxies for authentication. I knew that lad was really, really, really good at gauntlet. Now he's done it. Oh, whoa, we'll give him one of these. I hope you're listening, Mark. Yeah, fantastic yes. achievement. 12 hours of gameplay. The UK to, record, brilliant. He's had to do it three times because it cocked up uh, a couple of times. Oh, oh, dear. So I had a little interview with him way, I was going to say way back when. No, I didn't. Yesterday. I had a little interview it's with a him. a while away. In the Arcade Club workshop, and I shall put the audio in here. Here I am with Mark Singleton. Hi, Mark. Hi. <laughs> How are you doing? You're all right. I'm not too bad. Just before we start, just explain what you do at Arcade Club. I'm the technician. I fix all the machines, keep and, them up and running. And who else is there? It's like Julian, isn't there? He the, fixes yeah. stuff. For... Yeah, he's our monitor guy. He fixes all the all the monitors. <laughs> and if if there's a board problem, then it goes to James. RGP does it. Retro yeah. goes party to fix. 
Anyway, enough of that. We are talking about you have got a gauntlet world record, haven't you? Yeah, finally. <laughs> so you had about two or three goes at it, didn't you? And yeah. um, one of them you recorded, but it didn't record right. That was a few weeks ago. Yeah, that was a that was a really good attempt, and I got the score, but the video crapped out halfway through. Yeah. So the current score you've got now is five point. What is it? Six. Five point six million. Five point six one five three three seven. Right. <laughs> and it's beating some of a guy who got four point nine. Dwayne four, Richards, four point, is it? Four point four eight. Oh, is it? And that's right. that's been a world record for about six years now. Oh, that's good going. Yeah. So you've got the gauntlet cab at your house, haven't you? Yeah. And is that that's how you've done it? Yeah, I bought an original and restored mm. it, got boards fixed, and brilliant. And I've been using it ever since. So the guy that you use is the wizard. Is it? Is it always the wizard, or you just pick different guys? Yeah, he's he's the one I remember the most from my childhood as being the wizard. Yeah. playing the wizard as I was a kid so I've always stuck to him although I do play other characters like Elf because yeah. they're the two strongest ones when they're powered mm. but Warrior and Valkyrie a lot of it's got to do with positioning on the machine as well where you stand cause... yeah I've noticed that like yeah because a couple of them are at the side aren't they it's, yeah and the, the wizard the wizard's at the front isn't he and yeah. the Elf Valkyrie. is that right no Valkyrie. the Elf's there on the right yeah and you can't change uh, it can you well, you can take the connectors off inside and swap them around. But right. But that wouldn't be valid then, would it? Not for Twin Galaxies. I'm not sure. I don't, I, hmm. I'd say not. It wouldn't yeah. really matter. Right, right. I mean, but then again, they might, yeah, it could be a problem. As they say, if you're playing on an original machine, you've got to be as it was intended. So to yeah. play the elf would be sort of stood here like that. Yeah. Wizard, it's easier the yeah. Valkyrie but she's weak <laughs> yeah so so what yeah. what tips would you give without giving too much away just basic tips because it's been like 20 years since I've played this and I'm really not very familiar with it anymore basic I had tips go earlier on. Keep, keep the monster generators off screen for as long as possible yeah uh, so when you're going to try and shoot them what you want to be doing is getting so they're just off screen so they can't generate fire and then walk Right. pull back so yep. your arrow as the generator appears on screen your arrow or your bullet or whatever hits the generator oh. and knocks it down depending mm. on your power it'll knock it down completely or by it'll take two shots yeah and and you just keep doing that and that stops them from generating then you can take out what's left behind right always conserve portions that that's a biggie because they get you out of a lot of mess yeah and and pick up as much food don't be greedy pick up as much food as necessary so that you always exit the level with equal or more than what you started with yeah so always look at it as that if i go on with a thousand health i want to come off with a couple more or exactly that Mm. right yeah and that that'll carry you through the game and then you've got to pick up your magic portion which obviously build up your own powers and yeah so obviously the wizard's the best for that well He's, he's got no armor whatsoever, so he takes the most damage out of all four characters. Yeah. He's got the strongest magic power, which mm. means when he uses a magic portion, he obliterates everything on screen. When he gets the extra magic power portion, he can shoot a portion from a distance and obliterate everything on screen, where the other characters can't do that, even yeah. with extra magic. Because right. extra magic does nothing for Wizard apart from that one thing. Oh, and it also gives you a portion, an extra normal portion for every power that you haven't got when you pick it up. 
Right. So if you pick up extra speed, you'll get extra speed plus an extra po- a normal portion. Yeah, I didn't know. As long as you've got magic power. But only the first time you do it. Mm. So it's like a bonus because you get nothing out of it, really. Right. So you're saying earlier on, you start, the first seven levels are always the same. Yeah. And, and then, then it's semi-random, but you can kind of manipulate it. Yeah, you can manipulate it by playing through the game enough times that you yeah. will get back to a, a level order that's familiar. Mm. And how many levels did... What, what did you get to? 300 and summit, was 312. it? 312. <laughs> and is it like 800 levels or summit? 1,000. Is it? Yeah, there's 1,000 levels in total. Then mm. it'll loop back to level 8. Right. Or 999, then it'll go back to level 8 mm. as the level. But the, the, the maze will be completely different. Yeah. That's got its own predefined order that... And it took you, what did it take you, nearly 12 hours to do it? 12, yeah, nearly 12 hours of play. And That's incredible. You know. <laughs> and also, also, is it more difficult, does it up the difficulty with more players? Or does it does it keep the difficulty the same oh, even no. with one player? The difficulty changes. Right. It, it sort of balances itself out. When there's more players on it, it gets harder, but it also places more food. Right. Right. And you can get more points by picking up treasure and getting multipliers. Right. But as a single player, you don't get none of that. Mm. You just get the baddies being periodically they'll speed up and speed up till they get to a maximum. Right. Right. So congratulations, Mark. Hopefully, when the podcast comes out, which is next Tuesday, it, yeah. you might have the official world record because it's been voted on now, isn't it? The yeah, actual it's video submission. Voted. So far, I've had that. People have posted accept a few times, so yeah. happy. And there's some of the big names in, in the arcade gaming. Awesome. Yeah, uh, I'm just waiting for a few more to get back to me. Yeah, and on are you on Twitter or Facebook or anything? Yeah. Yeah, and and you're on UK Vac as it's Singy Singy One UK. Yeah. If anyone wants to message you, I think the same for Twitter as well. Right. I'm not sure. I can't remember. <laughs> All right. Or cheers, Mark. Thank you very much, mate. Yeah. Cheers. Nice one, Mark. Absolutely brilliant. Colossal scores. Mm, that fantastic. was a game back in the day, or even on the NES, I used to play my brother when he was little. It was one of those games I didn't mind just pumping more money into and continuing. Because you were sort of on a quest to get as far as you could in the game. Didn't matter how much mm. money you put in there. But he was doing this on one credit. Yep. Oh, my Lord. Yes, that, so that is good. pretty good. Well Absolutely done. Absolutely brilliant. Here's, here's some interesting pictures of the Sega Digitizer system, which was a pixel design system they used to make the graphics. Oh. Pixel art in the late 80s and early 90s. So I think they used it on the Mega Drive and some of the arcade games. Cool. And it's very old photos, but you can see they've got a light pen. and They're really interesting pictures. I know Toa Plan had a very similar thing. Oh, okay. Because I've seen design documents of the Toa Plan sort of pixel editor yeah yeah so perhaps they all did funnily enough the next little item is to do with this a little bit pixel art is quite an art because it takes a long time to do because you're doing a little one pixel at a time two pixels just mm. changing around and getting it right and the next art article is chris cruz from mm. the sky cursor team who is an excellent pixel artist and he's been interviewed in the new edge book the art of the pixel mm. some of his artwork is amazing i love pixelated art it's just so much yeah. better than this 3D, almost nigh-on real-life graphics we get nowadays. I can't, can't be dealing with it. It's got to be pixels. Yeah, got And it's got to so, be scan lines. I love it. So much respect for them people that do that because it's so painstaking. And 
like in the 80s and the 70s or whatever, they had to do that anyway. Yeah. But when, you know, the Nintendo 64 and the PS1 came out, it was all textures then. But yeah, yeah it's so good. I don't mind those games. It's, it's the ones nowadays where it's almost like watching a video. It doesn't do mm. it for me. I don't want to be in real life playing games. I want to go back to how we used to play them. There's still a load of pixel re- sort of inspired games released yeah, on I like Steam those, and stuff. Them. I do yeah. like some of those new ones. They're brilliant. Mm. A YouTube on the DDR craze in Japan. Is that this, is that um, this is Deutschland Democratic Republic? Or no, is this Dance Dance Revolution. Dance Dance Revolution. Ah, not the Berlin thing from quite a while mm. ago. Okay. This is Toby. I can never say his surname. Nanakorn. Yes. I hope that's him. right, Toby. Mm. He, is, he posts a lot of stuff on his page, and he's, it's really interesting just watching how good these guys are on these dance things, and they're still going Amazing. 20 years later. 1996, yeah. the first one came out. Really? 20 years ago? Yeah. Wow. Yeah, these dance mat things. Because I remember, I remember having a little dance mat we used to play with the kids on the PS1 years ago, and it was quite fun playing it. Because mm. a lot of the, D- the DDR games, there was, a, there was one with a pink cover, I can't remember which one it was, and that was quite fun. And it was only like one ninety nine. I found a load of them in the bargain bin. I took them over. The, we played it for ages. Loved it. It was like the it's playing the bongos on the GameCube. Mm. I played those at that little game show, the uh, Power Up Game Show at the Science Museum a couple of weeks ago. Yeah, I actually played bongos with wife. We got all hot and sweaty playing. It's brilliant. I beat a two one mm. as well. Yes, <laughs> yeah. love a bit of bongos. Me, bongos, bongo, bongos. And Las Vegas Arcade have finally acquired two U-Beat machines. They've got two now. Yeah. I went down there when they had the one, but the thing that put me off, and this might be a little uh, thing for them to think of, you've got to have a payment card you've got to pay extra for to play the game. You can't just put a pound in it or whatever, or 50p in it. You've got to get a payment card and fill the payment card up and then go and play it. And I thought, well, I only want a few goes just to try it out. I'm not going to get a £5 payment card and fill it up. So mm. it might be an idea for them to get some sort of uh, oh, a cash box. Maybe they don't even use them anymore. I don't know. Because one of the arcades, mm. the Japanese-inspired arcade, I think it was a UFO arcade in Texas I went to, in Austin, that used the same thing. We had to buy a card to actually play some because all the machines, were on a, you, you tap the card and you fill the card up like a contactless card and you tap right. it on the sort of little area and it gives you a credit. So mm. we, had to, we had to do that to play there. But, you know, we'd gone so far, we wasn't, we wasn't going to leave it. We just had to go and do it. Yeah, that's a bit of a pain, really, especially when you just want a few goes or something, or one go. Yeah. Oh, maybe something to think about. This was one sent to me. Oh, apologies for the, the listener who sent it to me. But this is a arcade machines inspired by films. This is brilliant. This is on <laughs> libertygames.co.uk. So we will be putting this in the show notes. Thanks for sharing it, whoever sent it to me. I'm sure the robot will come in and tell us. It was Will Jobbins. Thank you, Will. There is some incredible games. There's one that I, re- I love with Nail and I. I just love the film. It's so funny. It is very And uh, they've made a with Nail and I game, which looks a bit like Crossy Road. <laughs> <laughs> Are you drunk and you've got to find the, the booze? The yeah. booze store! We invented a video game by mistake. Cumbria, 1969. You've gone on holiday to Uncle Monty's cottage. He's in the middle of nowhere and there's someone on the stairs. Eek. Evade Uncle Monty's amorous advances. Dodge yes. rats, chickens, randy balls and more. Collect the Camberwell carrot. I invented it in Camberwell and it looks like a carrot. Yeah. Yeah, it's very good. So they've done like a mock-up of an arcade game with a mock-up flyer and a bit of a description. They've done and a Ron there's... Burgundy uh, rhythm game as well with his flute. <laughs> From, uh, and there's Anchorman. Jazz Flute Hero, Ron That's Burgundy. You play jazz flute? I dabble. 
And it looks like jazz guitar hero, whatever you call it. Guitar hero. Oh. I don't think it's jazz guitar. No. Nice. Life of Brian, Immortal Combat. <laughs> it's brilliant. It's so good. He's not the Messiah. He's a very naughty boy. <laughs> not uh, arcade news. Yes. This is not arcade news from around the world in local areas. Huh. Armiga. Have you heard of the Armiga? I can probably guess what it is. It's an Amiga. With arms. No. Tickly hands. Be, no. That might be better. Or an no, arm processor, a, maybe. It's really, it's an Amiga emulator. Oh, yeah. With, a floppy, with an old Amiga floppy drive. It actually looks like an Amiga floppy drive. One of them long, thin ones. Do you remember them? A floopy drive? Yeah. Floopy. So you can put your discs in, and it'll play. It'll run. But it oh. is emulation, I think. It's got to be, yeah. Dual-core arm CPU. Yeah, yeah. And it... It aims to emulate the original Amiga 500 with one meg of RAM as close as the original. And you get a free copy of the Kickstart 1.3, which is the workbench thing. Yeah. Oh, nice one. It's brilliant. I know I know some guy on Twitter who's got one. He's been putting videos up, and they look really good. Half and half. Half emulation, half hardware. Love it. And there's also a non-floppy drive version. You can put, There's a SD card slot, so you can put all your games on. Oh, nice one. It's, it looks very desirable. It's like that NES thing. You don't you don't want it, but you want it kind of thing. I take it the idea behind the disc is you can put an original disc in there and copy it to SD. Oh, yeah, could do. Yeah. yeah. That sounds a great idea. Nice one. Mm-hmm. And here's some news. Yeah. A little link to a article written. This could be the first code Satoru Iwata ever wrote for Nintendo. Someone's unearthed some old mini PCBs for the Famicom. Right. And it turns out that Satoru Iwata (laughs) uh, wrote a version of Joust in 1983, and it didn't get released till 87 on the NES. Oh, was that a balloon fight? No, no, it is actual Joust. Okay. And this could be the first thing Satoru Iwata ever wrote. Nice one. Yes, that's an interesting little read. Oh, okay, I'll have a look at that. It's luckily a little prototype PCB is found, a tiny little cart. Yeah, yeah. They do get found from time to time. I remember seeing some at a show years ago for the Atari Lynx. There was like a little... Because you know the Atari Lynx cartridges are very, very thin things. They're like a wafer. I like Lynx Africa. I like wafers. Mm, yeah. Pink wafers. Mm. And they've got a little chip inside them, obviously, in the plastic. But this thing, had it was sort of extended outwards, so it's further than the... the so it would actually fit on there. And it had a little, a little slot to put EEPROMs on. It's like mm. a development system. It had loads of games on there that were released. It was quite interesting. Mm. Lovely. Pickups. Yes, pickups. I've got a couple actually. I have been given a Hyperplay RPG print magazine from Garen RGDS. Thank you very much, Garen. Both RGDS and Maximum Power Up have covered this magazine and interviewed the creator in recent shows. And here it is, kids. I'll hold it up to the webcam. Can you see that? I can, yeah. What I, four... what I can't see yes. is my copy. Oh, I, I can, I can, I'll speak let me, to Garen. Let me give Garen one of these. <laughs> it's very well written, actually. It looks good. And I'm, I used to be into my RPGs, not so much now, but it is very good. It's very oh, so it's an RPG one? Yeah. Oh, I thought it was a shoot map. I don't want one. Oh, no. I like RPGs, me. Yeah, it's good, though. And also, guess what I also got? What did you get? I got a CRT compatible Radeon graphics card for my upcoming MAME cab project. Ooh, what with the TV out, you mean? It's got three outputs, yeah. Okay. 
a square one, a triangular yeah. one, and a round one. Not exactly, no. Mm, cool, nice one. So this is gonna so this is gonna be useful for groovy main. Yeah, it's pretty ah, groovy. Okay, nice. Mm. Eventually when I get all that sorted. Yes. In in one of your new cabs that's coming along. <laughs> right then, for me, the first one is Alex and I did a deal with someone for some other computers we had for BBC a BBCB computer each. We've wanted one for ages. Alex used to use them as a kid and loved it, and I used to have them at school as well. So we both got a BBCB each, and from a very nice chap called Retro Clinic, who's Mark Hazeman. I thought I recognised his name. He also gave us a SCART lead and some games on an EEPROM inside the computer. So you just type in Star, uh, star Chucky for Chucky oh. Egg, Star Snapper for Snapper, and there was a Galaxian clone and I think a Missile Command clone on there as well. So it just got us going. Absolutely brilliant. Love the BBCs when I was a kid. Mm. Also, to go with the BBC, I've been talking to Richard Broadhurst, one of our listeners, who actually writes BBCB games. He's very talented. Mm. He did a really good Astro Blaster, which looked almost exactly the same as the arcade on the BBC. And it mm. had speech, which sounded just like the speech from Astro Blaster, which was brilliant. So he, I've been talking to him about, he just, he's been answering loads of questions about BBCB because I could not remember anything from school about the BBCBs, and he's a bit of an expert as well. But he also sent me an SD card. It's a little tiny device which you normally use on an Arduino, Arduino for reading SD cards, but he modified it slightly with a little connector that goes into the BBCB's I.O. port. Yeah. And it's got 128 megabyte card on it, which is nothing nowadays, but it fits about 500 BBCB games on there. He sent yeah. me and Alex one each for nothing. Oh, what good. a great guy. Let me just give him a... For that. And also, Mr. Mark Hazeman, for you as well, for making such a really nice job of this BBCB. It looks brand new. You can eat your dinner off it. Oh, It's really nicely produced it really well. It's lovely. Really clean. All the keys work lovely. It's so sweet inside. Actually, I had to open it up to put a little EEPROM in there, which I had to burn myself. To for the software for the SD card reader, and it was so clean in there. It's such a nice machine, lovely. Awesome. And I went round to Alex's the other night to install it for him because uh, I, I received them from from Mark. He means Richard, and he was over the moon. He's like an eight year old again. We were playing for about <laughs> yeah. two hours, just playing silly little games, just trying. Oh, remember that one? Remember that one? Remember that one? And there were some really daft games on there, which we, we sort of laughed our socks off playing as well. It was a good laugh. Well, oh, brilliant. Right, here's the meat and potatoes of the those pickups. I got me Battlezone from the Peter Davis Invader clearance. Mm. Mr. Martin, delivery man, delivered it for me. I also got my Subelectro Isis Jammer Cab, my little cabaret. Yes. Right, the Battlezone. The first thing about this, and this also links to a later segment of Tech Tips, I looked inside the Battlezone, and if we can, ju- if you jump forward to the Tech Tips, I did all these things... And then turn the damn thing on. Guess what? Go on. Doesn't work. Oh, broken. A battle zone that doesn't work, you say? How unusual. Yes. It's got a tiny little three mil line in the middle of the screen. That's it. No sound, no beeps, nothing. But mm. the monitor comes on. There's power to the PCB. And that's about it so far. So... It could be a lot less. It could be completely dead, nothing working at all. So I'll have to look at that one. But I'm not going to do that one just yet, because the Jammer Isis cab, I'm into. I've mm. cleaned it out already. I've done all sorts of bits and bobs to it. I'm currently looking to put a 
TV in there instead of a monitor, an old 14-inch CRT SCART TV in there. Yeah. Because it's cheaper than a monitor, an arcade monitor and probably newer. So hopefully yeah. it will last a bit longer. So I'm working on making a SCART cable for that, which is quite easy. I'll probably do in the tech tips for another week. Mm. It's quite a good idea using a TV because TVs are easier to come by than arcade monitors for a lot of times, especially 14 inches. Right. So I'll be doing that. But the ISIS cab, I fitted a plug to it because I didn't have a plug on it. I plugged it in with a Konami 36-pin game, an old one. And when I turned it on, it came on with a nice sort of mellow buzz, which was okay. Ten seconds later, a poof came out of the chassis of the monitor. It was like it was like someone blowing dust out of it. It wasn't mm. smoke. It wasn't from a capacitor. It was just smoke. Sort of like dust came out. And there's a bit of a farty smell. So I turned it off. Mm-hmm. Had a good look round, saw what was going on. It didn't look like there was any damage in, on the chassis. So I turned it back on carefully, because I had the plug held onto the plug in my hand so I could pull it out quick. And there wasn't another smell. And there's actually, there was an image on the screen. But it was very faint, and I didn't leave it on for very long, so I took it out, and I did loads of other checks on it. So, yeah, I've got a lot of work to do on those two. Mm. But I've started, and I well shall done. be telling us about that. Good, good. Nothing else so far. I bought a bulb for it today for the marquee light. From Wilco, it's five quid. (laughs) Right. Very nice. Shall we get on to some feedback? Yes, let's do feedback. Feedback. Uh, Dave Orton, Dave O, I loved Jungler, he said. Played it on holidays in Portugal many, many moons ago. It was there next to Crazy Kong 2. Crazy Kong 2. Boom. My best was around 96k. I think that must be on Crazy Kong 2. Yeah, I don't know. Crazy Kong 2 is just a, a slightly updated version of the rubbish Crazy Kong. I've never mm. liked the bootlegs of um, Donkey Kong. Mm. Chucky and Alex, great podcast as always. Been listening whilst hoovering mould off these Space Fever cabs. Oh. Anyone not in the, in the UK, hoovering means vacuum cleaning. Yes, vacuuming, yeah. Hoover is just a, a brand of vacuum cleaner. Other vacuum cleaners are available. <laughs> Dyson, that's a good one. And Henry. Mm. Oh, oh, Henry's a cute little f***er, isn't he? <laughs> he is a bit. He's got a little funny yeah. nose. Mm. Anyway, Leslie was good to catch up on no less than six episodes whilst away with work. Great to kill the time and make me less homesick, although it does put the screws into play along with the games in real time. Mm. Been playing a lot of Kroll these past few days. Kroll. Oh, really? Twin stick thing, isn't it? Yeah, not very good. I, I won't say if it's an award winner, but worth checking out if you haven't had the pleasure. I think it's Twin Stick. I'm not so sure. It's a weird game on. Is it yeah. Tron hardware? MCR hardware? Yeah. I don't like so. it. I don't, don't like it. Don't like it. Dan Smash of Smashington. Valuable life lesson learned. Murder. Bad. Pretend murder. Harsh but fair. Pod tabulous casting, gents. Did I threaten to murder some people from the past? Yeah, you threatened to murder the entire staff of Century Electronics. That is a bit harsh, isn't it? It is slightly. I'll, I'll just... What shall I do to them? I'll go back in time and I'll get a whoopee cushion and put it on mm. the seats. <laughs> and tell them, that, do not make any more games. They're all rubbish. Yeah. And you will go out of business work. very quickly. As they did. Mm. Ian Ski. Awesome. I really like this game. Looking forward to the podcast. The Cabot Arcade Club is cool. If another one turned up, I'd be tempted. A bit of trivia. I know one of the guys who worked on the C64 version. This is Hunchback on about. Oh, yeah, okay. I, I believe it was okay, but not much of but not much of a claim to fame, that lol. 
Yeah, it's not good, is it? Not mm. at all. I played a Hunchback version on the BBCB. Any good? It's better than the arcade version, mate, honestly. Yeah. yeah oh. It's just a sort of same basic game, but it seems to be it seems a bit faster. It doesn't have the slowdown. Mm. Which is quite telling really. It must have had such bad hardware where a BBCB computer from nineteen eighty one can do a better job of it at home. Yeah. Poor. Very poor. Less less than a megahertz processor, weren't it? Yeah. Kilohertz it was in. Mm. Anthony Graham? So just an update on my Allen cab. This is the Cosmic Alien cab he got from the arcade clearance. He picked it up last minute because nobody wanted it. And mm. I'm so glad he did because it's such a good game. Monitor is working, but the board needs a bit of work, I think. Just random squares all over at the moment. Overall, it seems okay. Legs need to re-chrome, though. It also looks to have had an interesting monitor swap done on it. Inside is quite clean, though, so hopefully we'll be up and running soon. The assault cab that was filled with water is a rich tea cab, so it may actually be savable. Listen back last week, two weeks ago, listeners, to find out what a rich tea cab as opposed to a digestive cab. Even though that cab was originally bought to just acquire the sticks, because the mm. sticks are very unique on that machine. Yeah. Breakout is a digestive cab, so it will need some interesting thinking to try and save it. Hopefully both me and James RGP can save it. I would expect to see a video about that over time. Mm. Mm. Matt Witchfinder glad I didn't bother playing Hunchback based on the review me mm. and Anna will both be having a go at Cosmic Alien and they have yes seen that seen as though we seen as we own our own cab even though as I mentioned I think it's rubbish wrong it's rubbish a great Naomi game Naomi. you didn't mention is Zero Gunner 2 a great vertical shmup that runs on a horizontal monitor I have played it is that the one with the helicopter where it goes slightly left and right? It tilts. You can spin it 360 degrees. Ooh. It's a very clever mechanic, and I don't know why it wasn't using other shoot 'em ups. It really works. Nice. Yeah. So you can, like, sometimes you get the end of level baddies, and they're in the middle of the screen, so you can go around the outside, okay. shooting them, and then change your angle of your bullets. That is interesting, isn't it? It's great. It's great. Darren Domination. Great episode, as always. Thank you. Bobby and his hazelnuts, all downloaded and ready for the commute. Good. I like to hear people listen to us on the train. Brilliant. Mm. Gary James Harris, to the Podmobile. Chris Cruz, starting to worry about that Vic only enjoys maze games. Although the burst of anger <laughs> were particularly hilarious in this episode. Great work as always, guys. Thank you. What was I ranting on about that one? Hunchback. Oh, God, it was a bad one. A stinker. Mm. A rotter. <laughs> You know what happens to people who pick games at Hunchback, don't you? Yeah, I do. Them clothes got laundry numbers on them. You remember your number and always wear the ones that has your number. Any man forgets his number, spends a night in the box. These here spoons you keep with you. Any man loses his spoon, spends a night in the box. Picking a crap game, get you one night in the box. There's no playing grab ass or fighting in the building. You got a grudge against another man, you fight him Saturday afternoon. <laughs> Poor Neil. The Drisk. Finished the Hunchback podcast. Top stuff. I love Hunchback. Such a great ar- what? Such a great arcade game. Pity I'm rubbish at it. Top stuff. Doing your Amos game, by the way. That's you, Mister Sean. Doing a better version of Hunchback than the actual arcade version. Which I wrote on the Amiga. Oh. And tr- Mister Trainad has been playing it. He put a picture of him playing hey. it. He must have found a download on interwebs. I'll have to nice. find that and play it again. I've yeah. actually got an Amiga. I could probably get it if I could be bothered to um, load it up. Yeah. Charlie Far. <laughs> Nice video, Victor. 
First time I've seen a wall mount in action. This is a video I did of Cosmic Alien. I did a little video of me playing it to help some of the listeners out doing a bit of tactics. Mm. Alan sounds quite a bit different on a PCB. Does it differ at all gameplay-wise from MAME? Yes, and we will talk about it later. Mm. Anyway, on my holes in a couple of days, so I won't be able to take part much. Shame, as those two games are much more my C-O-T. Cup of tea. Oh, cup of tea. Yeah. I'll try to get a score up fairly soon if I can. Hunchback Podcast was fantastically silly fun as usual. Mm, more Matt Witchfinder. I, re- I really need to get the sound fixed on my cabbage. It's quite cool, apart from the annoying bibbly beeping sound in the background. Bibbly, 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 I like that. Excellent bibbly bloppy bits. I like that sound. Mm. Interesting to see your tactics for the game. I tend to take each level quite slowly to shoot as many as possible in flight to get more points. But that yeah. said, I can't get anywhere near the stage you got to. Yeah, you've got to get rid of them quick. That's the thing. Mm, that's what I did. Zipper. Loving the podcast. I've recently been going back to some of the older ones, Raiden 2 and Rygar, where I picked up and put to use a good tip regarding the use of power drill when polishing old screw heads. Sean turns out to be a game creator with published works in a magazine. Mind-blowing. It made me think of the Tempe podcast-themed cabinet idea you've been tossing around. I then started thinking how cool it would be to have a dedicated Tempe podcast-themed ROM hack to base the theme on. I've never looked into hacking ROM graphics before, but three hours later, I had swapped Thomas for Sean in Kung Fu Master. Yeah! Yes! <laughs> There's an old tool called Turico that allows you to extract and edit ROM graphics. It needs DOSBox and is clunky, but works pretty well. I'll have a crack at changing Sylvia to Victor and change the next in the, ran- the text in the ransom note if I can. Never done this stuff before, but it looks as though you can burn a few altered ROMs and run the hack on genuine hardware. Anyway, here is a sample so far. And we've, we've put this in the show notes. Although all raids stem from sad stories, whether that be an arcade closing through to a collector passing, it's great to hear about the rescue operations collectors put on. Thanks for recording it all. It was an amazing listen. What a great community. I have a Sega Swing I'm restoring. So my ears perked up when you mentioned it. You can actually get a three-player panel too. I've seen a photo, but they always seem to be more rare than the four-player panels. I was after a generic four-player upright that wasn't humongous, and I found a swing in need of love. As you mentioned, it's the only four-player cab I'd own too. I've built the four-player panel, created a new header for it, and I'm probably 80% through all the work. If you want to see the restoration thread, and I did, it's here. We'll also put that in the show notes. You may need to join the Arcade Otaku form to sear it, which is a good idea because I'm part of that. I really like the Naomi piece. I must get stuck in and pick up a Naomi and maybe a Naomi driver at some point in the future. Such a great design. Keep it the good work, guys. That Alan Walmart looks a beaut, and the game itself looks nice with the scrolling Starfield. I must find time to get involved in playing this week. Tin, Mr. Tin, brother of bronze, looked up Sean's game and found a review in Amiga Power 16, but not on the discs. But I did find it in the one cover disc B, uh, Magazine 46. Okay. So I didn't, it's been in two magazines. Ooh. Loaded it up thinking this would be quite interesting to see, and I remember it. Quasimodo is a nice man. <laughs> that's the spit. That's the tune. All I needed to hear was that to spark the memory, and then the, the raving in-game tune. Quality, yeah. very belated. Thanks for creating this greatness, Sean. You entertained me back in the day. That's awesome, isn't it? So these magazines must owe you quite a bit of money by now. About Maybe. four pound thirty-five. It's a it's a it's a public domain game, so that they can do what they want with it. Oh. We could yeah. have been millionaires, Rodney. I could have got a pint. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Aaron White, who is an RGDS co-host and great Amiga musician. 
Great achievement to have battlements in the mag. I never read Amiga Power much back then. Mm. Uh-oh. And Uh-oh. we have a complaint. Uh-oh. We have a podcast complaint from Mark Happy Dude. Shall I, shall I bin it or listen to it? No, you have to listen to this. Go on, then. He did not get a ping when he demonstrated getting nearly 74,000 on the first level of Banco Panico in so, June. So what? In June he got in, and we didn't give him a ping. So, no, actually, sorry, Mark. So please Very, That this score travesty. was absolutely, for first level, that is top-notch playing. So here is... I wafted that ping across the microphone then. It's a resonant wafting ping. Wafting ping. Thank you, Mark Happy Dude. Thank you very much. Sorry about that. Mm. Oh, oh, there's... Oh, oh, hello. What's going on here? You know Darren Desborg? Yeah, Darren Domination. From those guys, Dan Ander? Yeah. <laughs> he has put on... There's a little message on here saying, Finally tried Turtle Sing. Victor loves it. Please tell him he owes me 10 minutes of my life back. You are not getting that. You're not getting back that life. No. Ten minutes is ours. Me and Mama Turtle own that now. <laughs> Why didn't you like Turtles? It's an amazing little maze game. Ten minutes, you wouldn't get into it, I don't think. No, you need to be, play it more. Play it more. Mm. Get good at it. Did I do a video of that one? Me playing it? I'm not sure, actually. If not, Daz, I'll try and do a video of it. It's really good when you get into it. It's a, such a cool little game. Tactics, son. Tactics. Yeah, like, I try now. I think I did when this turtles was when we were reviewing this turtles to give every podcast game, even though I hate it at the start, mm. an hour. Give it an hour and see if you can get into it a minimum. And I did that with Jungler, and I didn't like Jungler for a start, and I ended up really liking it. So yeah, it, it is worth. Yeah, worth you do pressing. sometimes, don't you? Yeah, Neil twenty to five pointed out that there was another sequel to Hunchback called Hunchback the Adventure, which I didn't know about. No way! It's a text adventure. Oh, really? Yeah, well, a graphical text adventure. Was it by Ocean again? I am not sure. Probably. I did not know that. On the old computer systems. Ben, Vip, our mate, showed us a vid of how to jump backwards over monkeys on Circus Charlie Tyro level. He did. You almost land on the damn things. That's why I never did it, because you got almost land on the monkey to get the 5,000 point bonus. It's so hard, though, isn't it? Looks he did that so... on his new cab. So impossibly difficult. You've yeah. got to be pixel perfect. Yeah, otherwise you land on him and you lose a life. Lose a Charlie. Yeah. <laughs> Richard Broadhurst. Top I'm guy. Really, yes. I'm really enjoying your podcasts. I heard of you in the Retro Hour podcast, which is very good. I listen to all of them. And started listening to you from your first podcast a couple of months ago. I'm up to episode 39. I would like to hear a little more current news. So I'm now going to keep up to date and then continue to catch up in between. I'm glad I missed the track and field as I put my neck muscles into spasm playing it when I was a teenager <laughs> and still suffer from the injury now. Wow. Ooh, track and field related injuries. Pain. Mm. Oof. John Key, our battle zone. Not enough time for a hashtag 10p score this fortnight, but Crazy Balloon and Cosmic Allen are certifiable old school and get a thumbs up from me. Good it. Good one. So that just about concludes our feedback. And next on our little agenda are shout out. Definitely for Mark Hazeman, a.k.a. Retro Clinic. This is the man who supplied Alex and I with our reconditioned BBCBs, even burnt that EEPROM for us with four games on, and threw in a SCART cable to get us going. If anyone is looking to buy an Acorn computer, whether it be a B, a Master, or an Archimedes, get it from Retro Clinic. He does a fabulous job of making these things look absolutely brand new. Also, Richard Broadhurst for helping me out with the raft of questions about the BBC Micros. 
and also sending Alex and I an SD card reader drive with a ton of games on it for us. Also, the games he programs are pretty awesome as well, as I keep raving on about his Astro Blaster game. Mm. I'm going to give a shout out this time to the po- the non-arcade podcasts I've been listening to recently. So I'm just going to keep it to four, the, mo- the most recent four. Maximum Power Up. Yes. Great. RGDS. Great. Nice. Nice. Retro Hour. I don't, listen, I don't listen to Retro Hour. I might have to now. It, it is good. Oh, yeah. you've just given me another one. That's about 10,000 podcasts I listen to now. Well, it's not on for long. It's on for about an hour. Oh, okay. Because it's called the Retro Hour. Oh, yeah. Yeah, that- they, have, oh, they have like 20 to 30 it. minutes... <laughs> 20 to 30 minutes of topical banter. Yeah. And then they interview somebody, and it's always someone interesting. Oh, cool. Nice one. And Retro Domination. Those guys. Yeah, so shout out to them for... So, kids, yeah, give them a listen. They're, they're really well worth listening to. Obviously not as good as us. Well, because, well, you know. Yeah, because we're brilliant, aren't we? <laughs> Sheep. One more. I'll just pop one more in the end of this before we go on to tech tips. Go on. All the people on the UK VAP forums helping me out with this TV business. Mm. I've been trying to use a SCART TV as an arcade monitor. And the problem is, I, I plugged it all in. I've made a wire up. It works okay. I've got a nice picture on the rubbishy football PCB I used. When I put Kung Fu Master in there, mm. it was shifted over to the side. And as you know, on a normal TV, you don't have controllers and pots to change the position or the length and the width of the screen. Yeah. It's all done inside on the, on the chassis. So I took the, the back of the TV off carefully, got a plastic screwdriver and, and adjusted it. And you can do it like that. But apparently, some of the guys on the UK VAC forum, especially Eric Hooray Banana, was telling me you get hidden TV service menus if you do a combination of button presses on the remote control. Right. And the guys are trying to help me with it because it's quite an old TV. And I, I seriously don't think it's going to work. So I've tried it out with a certain button presses. And there's no service menu. I think the TV's too old for that. Mm. So what I might do is get another slightly more modern TV and try that. Right. So thanks to those guys for helping me out. They've they've done a load of work finding sort of manuals for me and and how to do stuff. So thanks very much, even if it was a bit in vain. But thanks anyway. Mm. Maybe you're a Kung Fu master. Did you try it on BBC One? There's an idea, yeah. Mm. I had it on Channel 5. Did you? No wonder it doesn't work. Silly me. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> okay, none of this frivolity. Let's get down to some serious tech tips. Technical tips. Right, this one is quite pertinent at the moment for me. First look at a, in brackets, new cabinet. This is almost like a pre-flight check. Mm. So when you get an arcade cab, whether it be from another collector, usually if it's from another collector, it's pretty good and it probably work and everything, so you don't have to worry too much. But sometimes, you know, little things might happen in transit. But this is more to talk about a game that may have come from a, a warehouse or a storage unit or an old barn or something that's been neglected for years on end. So first things first, give the damn thing a clean. It would probably need a clean, especially if it's been in a barn or a dirty storage. And we're talking arcade spiders, dust, Ooh. grime. Maybe it's had mould on it. All sorts of horrible things that happen to cabinets if they're left alone. So get Henry the Hoover out, or a vacuum cleaner. Get all the doors off, or open, and get all the crud out, first of all. Because arcade cabinets usually have a load of doors. Coin door, coin box door, 
monitor door at the back or a back door. Some of them mm. are more than that. They have like marquee doors and all sorts. So make sure that no coins, screws, or any kind of metal objects have fallen on any power supplies, monitor chassis, wiring, etc. Because they could short out stuff and you know blow fuses and things. Or anything that might cause problems when you get round to powering the thing on. Take off any glasses that will need cleaning and set them aside somewhere safe. Mainly so when you turn on the cab, you can actually see the screen clearly. Because the one I got recently, the little Isis, you couldn't actually see the monitor inside. It was so dirty. Yeah. A lot of the dirt, it wasn't just dust, but you can wipe off with your hand. It's, it's like ground in sort of like moist dust, if you know what I mean. It's all horrible mm. and, and smeary and nasty. Ground down arcade spiders. Oh, yeah. Mm. So have a look at the power supply and also the wall plug. Make sure the fuses are all okay and nothing is damaged. In this instance, I actually had to put a plug on because it didn't have one. Right. You can check fuses with a continuity check on your multimeter for this job. If you can unplug the monitor from the main power block, do so and check the voltages from the switching power supply without a PCB in there. You want a good 5 volts, but the 12 volts and minus 5 can be off a bit and it won't matter. The plus 5 volts is usually adjustable on the switcher too, so get it on a good plus 5 volts. When it's under load from a PCB, when you actually fit a PCB into it, you'll probably need to check it again, actually on the PCB and adjust it accordingly. You actually check it across two of the pins on a chip. You can work it out on the internet which pins. It's like zero and, and five volts. You can, right. And you can actually get it exactly on five or slightly up above on five. Try and use an old PCB as a test PCB. I use a crappy football game for this purpose. So plug the monitor back in and then make sure all and any plugs are all plugged in where they should be, especially the monitor. I have actually received cabs before with a neck board disconnected. These have been known to flop off in transit. Mm. Right, get ready to turn on. Tune in. Burn out. <laughs> yeah. No, no, don't burn out. No. I usually use an extension lead with a switch, so I can have it in my hands just in case anything goes pop. If you get absolutely nothing when you turn it on, make sure the cab switch is actually turned on. On some cabs, this switch is well hidden. Mm. I have been messing around with a cab before for three hours trying to get it to work and why it was dead and found a switch on top of the machine I completely missed. Mm. That so was do, do, I think Goliaths have the switch right on the top of the machine, don't they? That's the machine I was talking about. Uh, I had two Goliaths once, and I, I had the back of it, because it's got um, the, the, the whole power supply, and the switcher is on sort of a board, and I had the whole thing out, and I was checking it, and I was like, why hasn't this thing got power to it, and why isn't it working? And I realised the machine, it's, it's quite a tall machine, and you put your hand over the back of it on, I think, the left-hand side, there's a little sort of indent, and there's a switch in there. It wasn't switched on. Yeah. Idiot. Also, pull out any door safety switches if you have the doors open. Because when, when you put a, a door against the safety switch, it pushes the switch inwards, which allows yeah. power to go through. But if you take it off, it comes out. If you pull the actual white switch outwards, it stays on all the time without the door on. People forget to yeah. do that, and it's like a kill switch. Make sure all of these switches are in a live position, otherwise the power will be killed as a safety measure. When you've pressed the on switch on the power plug, look in the back of the machine, not the screen, and look out for smoke, fire, snakes, etc. When all sounds look okay. When all sounds and looks are okay, take a look at the screen and do what adjustments you need to. Be very careful when adjusting monitors. You know there are massive voltages in there, so use plastic screwdrivers when needed and use the proper pots for adjustments. 
Stay away from the anode cap, the thick red one that attaches to the tube via a suction cup. Yes, I've been told that many times. So once you have the power on, you see an image on screen, you can adjust it, get it as good as you can. You might realise then it need a cap kit if you've got blurry images, or you've got scan lines, or slightly a bendy image, you might need a cap kit for it. But yeah, once you've done all that, it's pretty almost safe enough to put on. You know there's not going to be any any foreign bodies touching stuff, you know, arcing stuff out, maybe blow a fuse, whatever, bad stuff to the, the cabinet. And that's usually what I do when I first get a cab in an unknown state. Right. You've also put on the bottom of the uh, tech tips, how about Rob Player Missile's leaf switch questions? Yeah, he asked you, didn't he? he yeah, asked us Rob and... asked us via one of the social medias um, how to adjust a leaf switch. Because he's, he's, he's been building his arcade machine and he's got a sort of modular control panel system. So first he was only playing Pac-Man on it. He only had a joystick and he added a button, yeah. I think, for Flicky. Mm. and he's done one now with a few buttons and I said oh you should use leaf switches because they're, they're probably the most authentic old school switch for a, a, a button because I don't like the micro switch ones they're too clicky for me and I don't like them you can't hit them quick enough mm. and he said about the best position for a leaf switch and how to adjust it well underneath the plunger which is the bit you press you, it goes up and down there's two thin leafs yep. and they're sort of like thin metal pieces and when they touch together that makes the contact so what I normally do is when you have the control panel open and you see the switch in there, the bottom of the plunger, when it's not being pressed, should have the top leaf just touching it. Yeah. And about three millimetres away should be the other leaf. And you can just yeah. bend them with your fingers carefully. Mm. And that is usually the, the ideal position to have it. So when you press it, there's not a lot of travel before it actually hits. And when mm. you push it all the way down, it would just bend both of them together. And make sure when your leafs are in there, they're, they're shiny and clean, and it's not like yeah. a build-up of um, like a, it's not, not a resin. I don't. It's like a sort of um, I don't know, not rust, but it's sort of like a coating, and it'll actually stop the leafs working. Gunk. Gunk. Yeah, I think yeah. gunk's probably a good thing. Yeah. Yeah. G U N K. It's a, a proper term that. Yeah. So that's pretty easy to do, really. Just bend them with your fingers. Easy peasy. Ooh. Make sure they're all sort of reasonably the same as well, so you've got the same travel on each button. Yep, that's good, that. Ah, I'll let you do this uh, next introduction. This is our musical interlude. Yeah, so I've been getting into a bit of this DDR music. (laughs) 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 Can I get a rewind? (laughs) 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 Those ones. Yeah, yeah. It's in one of the DDR games, I'm not sure which one. It's called Maximizer by Climax S. Prepare to get... Your ears wobbled off. And your socks blown completely off the end of your tootsies.
How good was that? Oh, my Lord. That is quite ravey Davy gravy, isn't it? Certainly is. Oh, letting you pick the music is not wise. <laughs> well, it might have woken some of the listeners up, though. Yay! At least I didn't sing. No, that is a good thing. Right, let's go for the first of our two games that the late, great Peter Davis would have enjoyed. Mm. This the first one is Crazy Balloon. Balloons mm. are quite crazy. I've often called people as mad, a balloon, mad as a balloon before. Yeah. Right then. This game is from Taito, 1980, and it uses Taito Safari hardware. It uses a Z80 processor running at a whopping 3 megahertz. That is three times faster than Apple II. Other games that use this hardware are Safari, which is a really boring hunting game, black and white. And also, interestingly enough, Space Firebird, which is a great game. I thought this ran on Space Invaders 8080 hardware, but it is a few years later. The gameplay. Shall we have your poem first? Yes, I have written a poem. I'm not too sure about this, because it isn't written in front of me. <laughs> I may have to edit. This is based on oh, God. the lit- literary oh, no. genius Green Eggs and Ham. By uh, Dr. Zeus. Can you see it? Yes, I can. Dr. Zeus. Right, I'm quite so, perturbed that you have a Green Eggs and Ham book. I used to read it to my son. And you've he, still got it? He loves Dr. Zeus, it's yeah. It's your favourite, really, isn't it? Come oh, on. I do like him. I do like. I love the pictures. Right, here we go. go do, this is you talking to me, and then I respond, right? Okay. Do you like Crazy Balloon? I do not like it, Vic, you loon. I do not like Crazy Balloon. <laughs> Would you play it here or there? I would not play it here or there. I would not play it anywhere. I do not like Crazy Balloon. Why do you pick it, Vic, you loon? Then it goes on. Would you play it in a house? Would you play it with a mouse? I would not play it in a house. I would not play it with a mouse. (laughs) You get the idea, don't you? Yes. Yeah. And at the end of this book, um, Green Eggs and Ham, Yes. He actually ends up liking Green Eggs and Ham. There's this weird fox character. Oh, so you ended up liking Crazy Balloon? No. No. So the last line is, no. why'd you pick it, Vic, you loon? Something like that. I really don't like balloons. Mm, good poem, though, eh? It's very good. Hmm. Right, the game, it's a maze-strict labyrinth game where you must steer a flappy balloon, swaying from left to right all the time, around a cave of nasty, spiky asterisks to the goal. This machine has no joystick. No, 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 no. Just four buttons for up, down, left, and right. If you steer the balloon through certain various coloured asterisks, you get more points. But those routes are more treacherous. If your balloon hits anything, you'll hear a loud... Yes, it is loud. And you lose a life. If you take too long negotiating the maze, a horrid, massive face turns up and starts blowing you off course. A numbered timer is in the top left of the screen. Mm. So, it's very basic, isn't it? Yes, very, it is very extremely basic. basic. Very simple. Mm. That's probably why I thought it ran on eighty eighty hardware, but Space Invaders is a more complicated game than this, mm. which is crazy. So, the play tips and secrets, the little ones we've sort of gained from our, mainly from our listeners, little players on Twitter. Time your movements and take small button press moves. That's probably why they put buttons on it rather than a joystick. You can sort of tap them carefully. Mm. Really twitchy and very, very easy to run into stuff. Very difficult game, and I hate the way your balloon sways about. But if it didn't, there'd be no game. No. And you know what? Yes. Would you play it in a boat? Could you play it with a goat? I would not, could not in a boat. I will not, will not with a goat. 
Uh, sorry. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, sorry, I've shut that up now. Yeah, I no, think... no, you can bring more of them. I like those. Oh, okay. I think it loops at level nine, you know, Crazy Balloon, because I, I just put it on cheats and went through. Oh, yeah. Yes, Sean. It loops on level nine. Level nine, it loops you swine. And I think level nine is the same as level one. I think that's where it loops. All right. So it's even... I, don't, I just don't like it. No, very, very basic. The screen's made up of asterisks, which is really poor. That's almost yeah. like a basic game on an 8-bit computer, isn't it? Yeah. They could have done maybe some rocks and some spiky bits and, you know, other shapes, mm. for goodness sake. They could have played it on a train. They might have played it in the rain. They might have made it go down the drain. Yes. Rubbish. Mm. You don't have to use your brain. <laughs> I've just found it very annoying, and I did stick to my one-hour minimum yeah, gameplay. I tried more and more, and it just got me more frustrated. And in the end, I just yeah, I just found it very frustrating and not just a sloppy game, really. Mm. Well, the graphics are a bit of a problem because the balloon is a little red thing and it's on a sort of little wire, and the actual square at the bottom is just a, a tiny square. It doesn't even look mm. like a basket on a balloon. And why is it wobbling around all the place? I don't know. That's why it's a crazy balloon, maybe. I wouldn't get in a crazy balloon, would you? No, not that, not that no. one. Definitely not. And when you start the game, it says, let's attack. Attack what? Spiky objects with your pathetic balloon? Mm. It's not really very much of an attack, is it? I, I wouldn't play it in a box. I would not play it with a with fox. The fox. <laughs> <laughs> right, the sound effects, they're beepy, horrible sound effects, playing old oh, Susanna. Terrible. Yeah. And a piece of a chorus from something from Carmen, probably. So, I, a lot of people really like this game. Mr. Oliver Moazesi, who promised us a score, who hasn't, supposed to love this, so he'll probably put his score in next week. Let me have a quick look at my phone, see if he sent me a score. Would you play it with a mouse? Could you play it in a house? I would not, could not with a mouse. I will not, will not in a house. No, not sent us a score. He did ask me earlier when the last time for the scores were, and he's missed it. Mm. So, we'll give him one of these for missing his score. He's been going on about it for ages. Yeah. crazy. I'm sure he'll give us a, a score next week or something. Oh, am I right at the bottom of the score list? Brilliant. My, I'm right at the bottom, and I'm proud of his score. 2,200. Mm. I think I looked to level two and got bored of it. Andrew Drive, I got... Tw- oh, you sweat. You got 20 points more than me. I got 4,400. I think that's level three before I I sort of just had enough. Just had enough of it. Lesolet, 9,000. Ian Cullen, a great score. Yeah, 25,800. 25,800. And Vip has done a really good score. He is an odd character, our Ben. (laughs) He likes these weird games, and he got right into it. He's done a really good score. 35,230. And just pipped... To the post. Just a minute, let me give him a for that. That's a well, well made, well score. Charlie Farr. 35,420. 190 points to beat him by. Yeah, he did Ooh, very well there. That Charlie. Ooh. I don't know what level that is. I think Vip got to seven or eight, didn't he? Wow, good score. Mm. I don't know how he managed it. He must have a an eye for these annoying games, perhaps. Mm. So the cabinet art. 
on this game. Quite a dull Taito upright. Same cab as Balloon Bomber, Lupin the Third, Lunar Rescue, but with different art on the sides, bezel and mm. CPO. Also came in a Taito TT, a tabletop, which had almost a flat control panel with the four buttons on. And all these machines were at the Peter Davis household. I like the marquee. Yes, it's got really nice graphics, hasn't it? The, the yeah, balloon. balloony characters, balloony font. Yeah, I like that. Hmm. That's about it, though. The cab, I think, was one of those cabs that was made to look nice to draw you in, and then you got this rubbish game. Mm. Now, this is one of the very few games with four directional buttons. I don't know of any other game with four directional buttons. Vanguard has got four fire buttons, up, down, yeah. left, right, and a joystick, but I can't think of anything else. Domino's also has four directional buttons. Hmm, is there any bootleg maze games with four buttons, like Pac-Man or anything? Or? Don't think so, no. No. You know what you need to do with the four-button controller, don't you? Yes. Rip the crazy balloon out and put Frogger in. Hmm. That would work well with buttons, I think. So would Pac-Man, yes. as you said, I yeah. reckon. That would work well. Yeah. Hmm. Much better game. So this game somehow reminds me of a budget Commodore 64 game I used to play called Go Go the Ghost. I don't know if anyone remembers that. It, it, that was a simple dodge game where you had to get through the levels. But the levels are interesting. Yeah, they and had the, different graphics. And the ghost didn't wobble around like a, a crazy loon. Yeah, yeah. What do you mean? It looks quite good, that Go Go the Ghost. I had a quick look on YouTube at it, but it had really annoying background no- noise. Oh, it does. Yeah, a load of does. noise in the background, which is really irritating. Hmm. So there was no official ports of this, but loads of knockoffs of the Commodore 64, Spectrum, and the BBC. There's one on that BBC. I found it the other day. Oh, dear. Very similar and boring. But mm. that was never released. Uh, a very decent homebrew port was made for the 2600 in 2004 and seems to suit that console quite well because it's so simple. Taito Legends Power Up had a crazy balloon in 2005, which added a few controls to change the speed of the balloon's basket and also added power-ups and power-downs to help or hinder your progress. Ian mm. Cullen also showed us a pic of Crazy Bloom running on a Commodore Pet at his local retro club, which is a 1976 computer. It's, it's the one with the, like, sort of the triangular housing of the monitor above the, com- uh, uh, the keyboard. I really like the industrial design of the Commodore Pet. It's mm. so 70s, it's lovely. Mm, it's good, isn't it? But that computer would have been out before Crazy Balloon actually came out, which is mad. But it's obviously <laughs> yeah. done later on, that game. Mm. Overall thoughts, you go first, go on. Dull-looking, incredibly frustrating to play, really annoying, and then you, just when you scrape even one pixel of your crappy balloon on anything... Yep. If you touch it on a bit of hard air, it pops. And it scares <laughs> the bejesus out of me when it pops. Yeah. As I said before, take Crazy Balloon out, chuck Frogger in, much better. Mm. And I've put a very lazy game that could have at least changed the graphics every so often. Yeah. Even the same screen layouts are used over and over. <laughs> Stop the balloon wobbling and introduce joust-style controls, this is my suggestion, oh, yeah. where you can put gas into the balloon to make it go higher. You can float. Hands down the worst game I have played on this podcast. I'd rather play Ooh. Peter Crap Rat than this. Ooh, kick a balloon when it's down. Ooh! Yeah, I sort of agree, really. Um, Peter Packrat annoyed me more because it was more of a modern game and the gameplay was rubbish. It looked lovely and it sounded great, but it was a rubbish Mm. game. Mm. Whereas this is a really old game. But as you say, they could have put some different sprites in there. For goodness sake. Yeah. Yeah, Very dull. 19, what is it, 81? 80, I 
think. 80. Yeah, there was, there was enough Scramble was 1980. Power. There's enough power in... I think that was 81, I think. Mm, some, yeah, yeah. But mm. there, there's lots of other games of that era which were way better. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, dear. Uh-oh. I think we should hit this game with Jan Hammer's Banhammer. <laughs> Cute music. Right then. Yes. Out with the old, in with the slightly older. This is a good one. This is our second featured game. Much better. Oh, yes. This is Cosmic Alien from Universal. She's just a cosmic alien. 1980 again, with the same processor running at a slower pace. This is actually a Z80 running at 1.8 megahertz, Hmm. which is crazy. Uh, this has got an eight-color palette. I can only count seven. Awesome TTL sounds. I presume as MAME doesn't emulate it properly, and I have the actually uh, got actually the machine. This is part of the Cosmic series, which includes Cosmic Monsters from '79, Cosmic Monsters Two, a slight upgrade from '79. They were Space Invaders, weren't they? Basically, yeah. Cosmic Gorilla '79, Cosmic Alien '1980, Devil Zone '1980, Zero Hour '1980, Space Panic '1980, which I quite like. And Cosmic Avenger 1981. This is the game we affectionately call Cosmic Allen. Because mm. it's such a good game. Right, the gameplay. Nothing that interesting. It's almost a Galaxian ripoff. Or it's Galaxian, <laughs> a Cosmic Allen ripoff. You decide. I don't know. I would Discuss. say it's a Galaxian ripoff. I wouldn't, because I like it better than Galaxian. Aliens or Allens. March backwards and forwards across the screen, left to right and vice versa. Aliens swoop down while firing at you. They are worth double the points when in flight. They do not fire when they're in the marching block at the top. The two nearest ranks of aliens, soldiers, are worth the smallest amount of points, with the next two rows, commanders, being worth more points. Then there are guards, which are worth more again, with the chefs at the top. Well, where do you get all this from? Is this on the flyer or something? Yeah. All right. They're not chefs, they're chiefs. Chiefs. <laughs> there are only two chiefs per wave, rather like the Galaxips in Galaxian. Is mm. it the Galaxip? No, the flagships, the Galaxian flagships, ah, aren't yes. they? You yeah. are the Galaxip. They usually come down, those guys, with the guards and are worth more points. After the first two levels, your craft moves up one position, which is very different for Galaxian. So you are closer to the aliens, making the game faster. After the next two levels, you've got one more position and are very close to the Allens. You remain in this position for the rest of your game. If you're left with one alien, he turns into a big boss called Bagel. Bagel? I'm not sure what that has to do with a delicious Jewish bread. <laughs> with a hole in the I middle. thought you'd made that up. It's definitely called Bagel, is it? Yeah, it's on the flyer. Oh. Do you know what's the best thing in New York? It's a bagel with turkey and cream cheese. Oh, it's so Oh, that sounds good, yeah. They're huge. It's like a big savoury donut. Oh. So. Do you, know, do you know what bagel stands for? No. I'm going to do it on the fly. Big and ginormous evil lunatic. Fair play. We'll allow Not that. Bad, is it? Not bad. I can't remember it already. <laughs> right, so we've got some play tips. and So I play this game a lot. I really like it. So I've got a little bit of a thing about the play tips. Hmm. Accuracy. Oh, yes. 
As with Galaxian, you can only have one of your bullets on the screen at one time. So make sure they count. Don't get pushed into a corner. Nobody puts baby in a corner. Yeah. Shoot all the soldiers first if you can, especially after level two, as these guys nearly always swoop back up underneath you. The other aliens don't usually do this, especially after all the soldiers are gone. Don't go shooting too quickly when you're nearest the aliens, as an alien explosion cancels out your shots. Yes, I noticed that. Try and get the three guards and then the chief while swooping for maximum points, up to 2,400 points for this on the later levels. Mm. Shoot the aliens after they've gone off the screen and are coming back into position. They don't fire at you when they're in the block. And if you get them as they're coming back into position, they're still technically in flight and you'll still get the, the big points for them. So as they're coming back in, line them up and shoot them before they get back into their position. Right. I think it's worth mentioning the difference to Galaxian in the attack patterns. Yeah, everything, very different. Everything has an inertia. So the bullets, they the bad guys, they spit out, say, it's four or three bullets, isn't it? Yeah, they do fire quite a lot at you. And they like they sort of hang in the air for a second and then drop really quick. Yeah. It's and then, quite clever, isn't it? It looks, it looks to be sort of quite glitchy. But it is. I yeah. think it was made to do like that, and it, it does change your game quite a lot. From Galaxy. and then when the formation comes to attack, it like it peels off, and then it sort of drops really quick. Yeah, it's and like it's like gravity's playing an effect on the on the aliens and the bullets. One thing we've got to mention here that I know about because I've got an original machine. I've got two wall mounts with the real mm. PCBs in. Is obviously the sound's quite different because it's TTL sound, and it's the whooshing noise as they come down is brilliant. If you listen, mm. if you watch the video I put up, uh, which we've got show notes for, you'll see and hear what I mean. Um, and on Mame, I played it on Mame, and when you get one alien left and he shoots down it as Bagel, the big alien guy, on the version I saw, version two on Mame, he sort of hangs around and then really drops quickly at you. Mm. He doesn't do that on the arcade version. What he will do, though, if you get out of his way and let him come down the bottom of the screen, he keeps coming back up to the top and coming down. But as he comes down the bottom of the screen, he will quickly shoot across the screen at you and get you. So you've got to hit him when he's in the air. Because it's ah, very hard to right. hit him. But you guys playing on main will have to shoot him quickly because he'll just drop like a rock at you. Yeah, he does. Yeah. yeah. And, and some versions of it, he doesn't, you don't even see him. He doesn't appear at all at the end. Mm, I think there's version one of the ROM. Yeah. I played through to level 8 and I didn't see him once. So the original version of the PCB with the ROMs I've got, I've got two identical PCBs playing exactly the same version. I don't know what version they are, but Main doesn't play it properly or they've got different ROM dumps because he doesn't... The, the bad guy then, Bagel, doesn't fly really quickly at you. He just takes his time and goes quite slowly and he's quite easy to hit. But if you mm. miss him and you go to the other side of the screen, he will swoop towards you right across the screen. So that's the only thing he does. So MAME is wrong in their estimation unless they've got a very different ROM dump that I don't know about. Mm, and I've played have. this on an upright machine and my two wall mounts and hopefully some of the guys who picked up a machine from Peter Davis's clear out will be able to tell me as well when they get it going. If their, mm. their versions play different. I'm quite interested to see what, what they do. It is quite difficult to get over the Galaxian thing because Galaxian, you get the bad is they peel off from the armada or whatever and swoop down at a regular velocity yeah these guys they'll peel off they'll swoop they'll pause they'll do a little pause in midair spit the bullets and then carry on going and sometimes they change direction and it's it, it's really 
it really threw me for ages and now I can get it. I bet yeah. if I went back to play Galaxian now, I wouldn't be able to play it. Do you know what? I played Galaxian to yesterday. No, sorry, this morning. I popped my 16-in-1 in one of my jammer cabs and I had a quick mm. go because I haven't played it for ages and I thought felt bad. So I gave the little mm. machine a bit of love and I played Galaxian and I played better. My accuracy oh, yeah. was better because as you shoot, you can sort of time when your bullet's going to hit them as they're coming down, they're swooping. And I was yeah. hitting more. I didn't do very well because I'm not very good at Galaxian, but I was doing better than I normally do. Oh, right. It's also with Galaxian that the sprites are smaller and they're further away. So you've got more of a sort of gap to, to get more. You've got to be more accurate with Galaxian. Yeah. I think Galaxian is a harder game, I think. But also, the when, when the Allens are coming down at you, there's two distinct patterns. They'll come at a very slow, sort of almost a straight angle. And what they'll do, especially the, to the two bottom soldiers, they'll get to the bottom, or when they see you, when you come across them, they'll change and go back up the screen. They'll swoop back yeah. up and then drop a load of bullets at you. And sometimes if they don't meet up with you, they'll go underneath you and then swoop away at a 45-degree angle. And what I do is I wait for them just to clip me and miss me and shoot them as they're going back up the screen. Yeah, I do that. But sometimes they drop bullets before they do that, so it's a bit of a bummer. You can and, get, like you said, hemmed in a corner quite easy like that, can't you? Yeah, and the other formation is when they come right across at you and they won't come back up the screen. But you also you always know when they're going to come behind you because they come down at quite a shallow angle. Mm. So you've got to keep an eye out for that. And some of the, the, the higher-up aliens, they don't normally do it, but now and again, one will come down on that angle and will come back up at you. You've got to watch it. Right. And usually, by the time you've killed all the soldiers, the, the first two layers of, of aliens... They don't normally come back up behind you. They normally just swoop down at you. And when they disappear off the screen, they come back onto the screen. They fly in like Galaxians. And if you shoot them in midair, because what I do is I, I keep an eye at where they've came from. And as they're coming back up, I line them up and shoot them before they, they get into the position. And you will get the big bonuses for it, especially on the two the two right. big, the big uh, flagships or whatever they're called, the commanders, the chiefs, sorry. So that is a good little tip. If you watch me playing it on the video, I do that a lot. I wait because if if you miss them as they come down, no big deal. Wait for them, get in line where you saw them coming from, and shoot them. And as they as they shoot, you will see the the big bonus come out on them. And it, well, what it, I try to do is get those first two rows as quick as possible. Yeah, that's what I was doing. Yeah, because I, I find when they're not coming behind you, it's easy to dodge them. Because mm. as you're trying to dodge one coming down at you, one comes behind you and hits you at the backside. I was almost getting the the bottom row of aliens before the before the first guy dropped, you know, first guy attacked. I was going bang, 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 bang. I start in the middle, go to the left, then go back to the right a little bit, and then go right over to the right-hand side, and then start from the right to the left. It's all in the I, video. I, I did the video so people could see sort of how I was playing it. Because I, I do quite well, but I'd be very, very interested to see some of our really good players. You know what I'm talking about. Yeah, play. I want to see him do it when he gets off a holiday. Mm. Before we do the graphics and sound, you've wrote at the end of the the, the play tips and secrets from screen on eleven, which is quite a way in. That's very well played by you getting to screen eleven. Yeah. The aliens' movement gets a bit more bonkers. It does change now and again, doesn't it? Yeah, they change. They go a bit mad. They change direction two or three times instead of one or two times. Like they're like you, almost zigzagging at some point. Usually, when they're very close to you at the bottom, you think you've missed mm. them. They're going to go off the end of the screen. They'll turn quickly and get you. And it's really unfair. I lost quite a lot of lives on my best score by that, and it really threw me because I didn't realise that's what they did later on. But I think it's a, as you say about screen eleven onwards. 
Well, I didn't beat screen 11. No, I did. I got I got two eleven. So I I'm pleased, I'm pleased I with the score. Did. I did. <laughs> I've seen your score and it is very good. Graphics and sound, basic but colourful. I'll agree with that. Yeah, they're, they're a lot more chunky than Galaxian, but I've I've grown to like them. They're bigger, aren't they? The sprites mm. are a lot bigger, so it makes mm-hmm. it makes. I'm playing on a thirteen inch colour screen and my little wall mounts, so it's quite small, but it's quite close to your face when you play it from where I've mm. mounted them. And, yeah, they're not so far away, which is the harder thing of Galaxian. You've got to shoot further away, and the Galaxians are thinner, so they're harder mm. to hit, especially when they're in flight. But what I noticed is um, with this game, the aliens, all the ones apart from the chiefs at the top, the chiefs, are, um, they're one-coloured sprites. But when they go yeah. into flight, they turn into three-coloured sprites. Mm. They have different coloured eyes and wings and stuff. Which I quite like, especially on an old game like that. It's really, really nice how it's done. And there's a lot of movement on screen as well. You can have like five or six aliens coming down at you and a, a screen full of bullets. So there's a lot of movement and there's no slowdown whatsoever. It, it keeps up with the action all the time. It's really good. And the scrolling Starfield, which is a lot more colourful, I would say, than Galaxians want. Twinkly. But not not distracting. Yeah, it's no, good. I like it. I like it. It's like got it. sort of like, we'll put, we'll put some sounds in underneath this so you can hear sort of the twinkles in the background. Mm. A lot of people don't like that, and I quite like it. I do. I've not grown bored of that whatsoever, which is really good. I think I had the samples already in a little folder in my MAME setup, because some people oh, were okay. saying they couldn't hear anything, but I could. Yeah, my and MAME has the... got no sound on it as well. I haven't got the samples for it on my MAME. I must get that. So, yeah, really good sound. I liked it. But also, they, all the aliens change colour on the second and fourth waves. As you go up the screen, they change colour as well. Yeah. The sound on this game is excellent. The TTL-produced sounds cannot be replicated. The twinkly, high-pitched sounds in the background and the swooshing noise when some guards and a chief bagel swoop down are magnificent. Yeah, whoa, yeah, I like it. When the big boss bagel appears at the end, it beeps in a head-splitting, high-pitched way, like this. Which makes you want to shoot him just to shut him up. Mm. Idiot. Now, I recorded those sounds for my actual machine. Mm. I've thought of another acronym. Oh, okay. Bagel. Big alien guy, evil laugh. Yes! Beep, Better, beep, beep. <laughs> Bang. Oh, you've shot me. Damn. <laughs> right. Scores. Okay. We had a lot more players on this than we did on Crazy Balloon. There's a reason for that. For obvious reasons. I think we've had... I think I've counted seven, including us two, 17 players, which is great. That's time for the top, most popular game, isn't it? I think it is. We're going to have to have a look. Right. Bottom place, but well well played. Thank you for playing. Giggity. Giggity. 2750. Rob Player Missile, 4390. Ian Cullen, 8780. Andrew Driver, 10,100. Vip, 10480. Stacey King, 12360. Tin Brother of Bronze, 13,000. Ross, 144. I was, I was playing I'm Peace Battle right over Ross. Lucid Sprite Mare, 14 at 580. Getting good now. Paul mm. McCaskey, 15,400. Neil, 20 to 5, 15,410. Right, let me stop you right there. One Eek. second. Yeah. When you get to level 7 on this game, you get a little interlude, which you almost forgot to say about. Oh, yeah. Bagel yeah. comes across the screen, he scrolls across them, some really cool font, and it says screen 7. And every screen after screen seven, it tells you what screen on. So it gives you a little bit of breather in between the game. And 
usually when you get to level seven, you've got about twenty to twenty-four thousand points. So mm. these guys above now have got to level seven, the sacred level seven. So we've got Matt Corn, twenty-six thousand four eighty, very good score. Anna McLaughlin, his partner, twenty-seven one eighty, even better. Mm. Mark K, twenty-nine thousand four forty. Mr. Sean Holly, 51,260. I'm pleased with that because I struggled with this game. And it you finally... were getting 17,000 when you came to play at my house. You've done very well. You've done way better than I thought. Uh, it suddenly clicked when I got the hang of the like the pause in attack patterns and, and all the inertia that the baddies have. Yeah, like it, I do. We'll, we'll have a playoff when you come round next so you can play it on proper hardware again. Mm. Be good. You notice my score hasn't gone in yet? Hmm... Well, you're either first or second, then. Yeah, unfortunately, second. <laughs> My score before we played this was 38,000, wasn't it? Yeah, something like that, yeah. So I've got 72,290 points. Well done. In your face, Holly! Oof! But, unfortunately, that far's been on the case. I didn't realise, and I got so angry when I realised. I beat him. <laughs> The last score I saw of his on the on the hashtag Tempe score on Twitter was six to eight thousand, and I beat him. And then I found out later on he'd actually put in a score for ninety two thousand and forty. What a score! That's a very very good score. I think, in all honesty, I'm going to beat that one day. Mm. I will. That is the score I'm going to go for. But Charlie reckons he can get hundred k. I think he would do. Yeah. So I'd like to see his tactics how he plays so charlie can you do us a video please when you get back from holiday let's have a look at what you're up to be very nice yeah so that's the scores for that one um the cabinet art right compared to that boring balloon crazy Mm. boring balloon there's a few different types of cabinet for universal games the upright is a beautiful early universal fantasy art and we've put some pictures on the show notes for this so go and have a look at those it's gorgeous. It's lovely. It's sort of like almost like fantasy demons and stuff on it. Yeah. It's got a really good backdrop. As you look in the on the screen, the screen's a slanted screen, and at the back there's a board at the back which I've actually got original artwork of that I got from from Peter's place as well. Because had a lot of Universal machines. It's got this really cool looking evil demon type of thing, which is obviously Mister Bagel. Mm. Really, really nice artwork. It's got lovely full side art panel, marquee, it's really, really nice graphics. I think it's even got some art around the coin door as well. Have a look, on, great, the, have a look yeah. on the show notes. It's a brilliant cabinet. The table was a standard universal generic table, but they're so weeny. I've seen mm. these in flesh. They're really small ca- cabs, but they've got some custom control panel overlay graphics and a score leaflet underneath the glass, which is where I got information for the points and stuff. There was also a wall mount, which I know very much about, because I've got two of them. And these are German. They were licensed from one of the Automaten companies. I'm not sure which one it was. But they've got an awesome light-up glass front with Mr. Bagel on the front. Chucking Mr. A, Bagel. Chucking a big fiery thing at you, which looks mm. a bit dodgy, I must say. So those are the cabinets. Um, it's a bit of trivia on this game about level 7. This is the legendary level 7 fame. If you're a level 7 player, you're very good. Yeah. And you know about that. Mr. Bale comes on, tells you what level you are. Mm. Do you know what, with my impatience, I pressed F10 to throttle through that. All right. So he scrolled past quicker and I could get back to the action of shooting aliens right in chops. Shooting Allens. Shooting Allens. Poor old Allen. 
Yeah, as I said before, I got to screen eight of the Cosmic Allen version one ROM. Yeah. And there was no bagel. No bagel guy. No bagels? No. New York wouldn't like that. Mm. And I've also put, have you ever noticed that you fire exclamation marks? I did notice that, actually. They look like <laughs> exclamation marks. But you know what? That's the kind of thing that, I mean, old basic programs used to use when you made a game in basic. You used to use, yeah. like, um, I don't know, you'd use, like, the letter V as your ship or something going downwards or the letter A going upwards. And you yeah. use dots and commas for different things. <laughs> yeah. Don't think there was any sequels to this game. I don't think it was ported to anything. I couldn't find anything. I'd love to play this on an 8-bit computer, a version of this on an 8-bit computer. But mm. And the thing is, this game wasn't that obscure in this country because I've seen quite a lot of cabinets. My yeah. two German cabinets, obviously from Europe, I've seen one at the Unigame Arcade, when it was still around, which Matt Korn now owns. I've seen loads of tables, three or four tables at Peter's Place. I've seen them on eBay before with other Cosmic games like Cosmic Gorilla and all that sort of stuff. I've seen quite a lot about. So they must have been in pubs and clubs, you know, in the 80s. Like a pop- mm. quite a popular game, really. Yeah, it is part of a series, though, isn't it? So there was kind of sequels, the Cosmic series. Yeah, all sort of similar dated games. Because Cosmic yeah. Monsters is just a, an alien... Uh, a Space Invaders clone. It's quite a nice mm. one. They've got wishy-washy graphics. These little sort of little sweepy things that look like aliens. Mm. And Cosmic Gorilla's a bit of a weird sort of take on Space Invaders. Well, it's a good game. Really good game, Cosmic Gorilla. Hopefully we'll do that one day. Yep. Yeah, so, yeah, odd. Odd game. Right, my overall thoughts and improvements. I've put a good Galaxian-style game with enough differences to make it stand out. Is it better than Galaxian? In my opinion, sorry, Vic, No. Wrong! <laughs> I love Galaxian. It's to me, it's the perfect game. Left, right, fire. It's just perfect. Anyway, I you, think this sir, game, yeah. are on the right side of liking Galaxian more than Gallagher, in my opinion. Yeah. So you're okay there, but Alan, King Alan of the Galaxians, for me. I can see why you like it. Mm. It's different. Love it. I think the game gets more enjoyable as you get higher up the screen. I really like that frantic action as you get higher up the screen. Yeah, I would have liked, though, some scoring information on the screen like you get on Galaxian. You know, 50 points, 20 points. And that there is, is n- always a good thing on a the game. There's nothing. <laughs> no. I like to see um, instruction either, either on the machine. And my machine has actually got some scoring information on there. It's not quite correct, though, because you do get more scores later on. It doesn't tell you about that. But I do yeah. like seeing that on a control panel or on, or on next to a screen. But also on the game sometimes, it, you know, it shows you how to play. So in the track mode, what they could have done is when they shot a certain alien, it would stop for a second. You'd have a, a score above it or something. That would be quite cool. Obviously, it didn't bother. Charlie Farr's put, he's put, yeah, it couldn't play more differently to Galaxian. For that reason, Cosmic Allen is interesting, but far less refined than Galaxian. He would say that, being the world champion on Galaxian. Yeah, we'll allow him that, because he is the world yeah. champion. One of our boys! Yeah. Oh, get in! I think the world record, I didn't look at this, which is, I'm ashamed to say, I think the record, world record for Cosmic Alien is about 464,000 points. 502,950 by Justin Baxter. Which is, that's, I'd love to get 100k on this so I can roll the screen. That'd be yeah. a real claim to fame. Roll in, Alan. Yeah, that, that like would to be do good. That. Hopefully I'll I th- do that one day. I'm going to keep I think it. you'll do it because you're very, very good at it. The reason I like this game so much and I rave about it is I've, and I've actually got two machines. When I bought the machine off Martin White, Guddler, 
I bought it off of him as a bit of a sort of an interest. Oh, that looks fun. I'll buy it. It's a wall mount. I'm not similar to those before. I'll just have that. It was, it was quite cheap. It wasn't very much money. It did a really good deal for me. And I started playing it and thought, I really like this. Yeah. And another one came up in France, and Olmo and Zezi, Alpha One, sorted out the delivery for me. And I bought another one. And I thought, oh, I'll have it the same, and I'll put another game in it. And I, I haven't managed to put another game in it yet, because I was going to get Cosmic Gorilla, but it was quite hard finding a PCB for it. And mm. I, I've, I've got a, I have got a lead on one now I could get. But it requires quite a bit of alteration inside. I have to make a different loom, and there's AC voltages, and blah, blah, blah. So I'm not sure mm. it would be worthwhile doing and I've also got another game could go in there, so I'm not sure what I'll do with it. But I'm, I'm gonna—I'm not gonna do anything to the actual machine. I'll leave that exactly as it is. I'll just make some changes that I can revert back to. Do, do you only play one or the other, or do you sort of play both? Or? I play the right hand one. There's, mm. there's, there's two in my arcade, and I play the right hand one just because it's the one I got first. I think mm. they're both exactly the same, identical. I can play the same on both machines. Yeah, you know the controls are exactly the same and all that sort of stuff. I really, really like it. I just like the, the quirkiness of it, and it's a game I play almost every time I go in the garage. Mm. I just go in there, flick it on for a few seconds. It loads very quickly. It, you know, It's immediate, and the screen warms up in like five seconds. So I'm in there, hit the switch at the side, beep, 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 off I go, try and beat Charlie Far. Don't do it. Get annoyed. Turn it off. Go out again. That's usually <laughs> I can't remember. How, how deep is the cab? It's about 400 millimetres. It's quite quite a thin cab that's why i like them because i can fit in my garage easy i can get past them. right so it's, it's only a 13 inch monitor yes yeah, a tiny little monitor in there really mm. really beautiful color on there it's got really nice bright graphics mm. I like it a lot very good yes and if any of our listeners know of any more wall mounts that they might know of there's quite a lot in the series there's five different ones in the series of the the make i have which i'll put on the show notes i can't remember the name of it and there's a ladybug. I've got one in Germany waiting for me to be picked up. And there's Donkey Kong licensed. Right. There's Astro Blaster. There's all sorts of games on. I've seen a Scramble before. I quite like. So yeah, there's quite a few few cabinets around. Ooh. So yeah, they're nice. Right. We're gonna do now cabs you never knew existed. I'm going to cheat a bit here because it's PCBs you've never knew existed. Okay. I was at Arcade Club two weeks ago and I saw a little, a new little machine. It was an Astro Blaster Cabaret. Yeah. And it had two joysticks on the front, so I thought, that don't look like Astro Blaster. And the yeah. game inside was a game called Mars. Yeah. Uh, do you know this one? I'm saying this knowingly. Because ah. I did know this existed. This game was at Revival. But it was turned was it? off. That one with the silver, is it one with the silver panel? I can't remember. It's got a stainless steel panel on it. Yes, it does. Yeah. Right. You explain to me what the game's like, and I'll tell you if it's the one I think it is. What it looks like when we, because Andy was going to convert it back to an Astro Blaster Andy at Arcade Club. Yeah. But he booted it up, and this little PCB was in a game called Mars mm-hmm. by a company called Arctic. Yep. I've only ever found what this game they are. I can't find anything else they've ever done. And it looks, it's almost exactly Scramble hardware. It looks like Scramble. You're scrolling along a, a landscape. Yeah. You've got one button, uh, one stick to control the guy. The other stick is eight-way fire. Mm-hmm. And you're shooting airplanes, ground targets. You've got to get fuel to continue. And it's a really good little game. You get so far, 
it says something like, congratulations, now listen to this enjoyable music. <laughs> and you get like yep. 20 seconds of music, it pauses and starts, again. but it's the same level again, which is disappointing. Could have done with like a few tunnels, like Scramble or a maze or something. But it, it is a very playable, nice little game. You, sir, will have to find a picture of this game because it, it, I'm, I may be confusing it with a game that Sean Meldon from the Exmouth Arcade Barn had years ago. And they mm. called it God's Own Game because it played what sounded like, I think, Morning is Broken, the music. You can't hear it, it's too loud. It, it's, it ah, sounds up high it's, enough. It's hilarious. <laughs> and you play a little, it looks like a satellite with four little feet sticking out of it. Is that one? That's the one? it. That's and it. it plays really well. It's a fun little game. You're shooting all over the place, shooting at stuff. Mm. And we called it God's Own Game. And it, I, I'm not sure if Sean sold it to Craig at Revival or Andy. Maybe there's two of them in the country. If you look on Clov, yeah. I think there's only four in existence, PCBs. Oh, really? Yeah. Because if Andy wants to sell that game, I would buy it off of him in a shop. Because I mm. like that game. I wish I'd bought it from Sean when I had the opportunity to. Because it was a fun yeah. little game. It is. It's, it's got a good feel to it. And you get some kind of homing in rockets that remind me of the the helicopter level on Time Pilot where those rockets home in on yeah, you. Yeah, yeah. Can you ask Andy, as our sponsor, yeah. to sell it to me, please, for cheap? I don't know if he will because he's, he's quite smitten with it as well. Ooh! Because he's not going to play it myself. He's not going to put Astro Blaster in back in it now, I don't think. No, get a full upright, Andy. Mm. You know you want to. Look good in arcade, get a full upright. Yes, definitely not English made because there's a few sort of grammatical errors. It, oh, you get really? so far and it says, you are the Mars, it says. <laughs> <laughs> you are the Mars. <laughs> I thought Arctic were a British company because they, they specialised in a lot of bootlegs, I think, as well. And, right. and a lot of British companies did do a lot of bootlegs, you've got to admit. I might try and have a look at them. Yeah, I should look into that. That'll be our little quest for next time, I think, a little side quest for next time. Nice one, though. That's such a good little fun, silly game. Yeah. Like it. Like it. We'll have a we'll have a playoff when I come to arcade club next. Mm. Right. Next what next section? Hardware Heroes. Mm. Okay. My turn this time. I have picked there's a there's a period in between electromechanical games and say space invaders where manufacturers were combining bits of electromechanical with video. Yes. And the results are, were really clever, some of it, I think. I've picked two, two examples. Two examples I've picked, because I've been looking into early shoot-em-ups, and both these are early shoot-em-ups. Midway's Seawolf, a very famous cab from yeah. 1976 with a periscope on the front. I fixed one of them periscopes before. Did you? Yeah, they did it at Arcade Barn. We used to go, I used to go, when I lived in Weymouth, it wasn't that far to Exmouth. And I used to go down there, and I used to go down with my, my youngest son, and we used to help out fix stuff and, and sean said to us oh can you have a look at that because it was sort of quite mechanical they're built like mm. a, they are built like a proper submarine it's yeah. all it's all steel housing the periscope you look through and it's got real big heavy buttons on it and it's got bearings in to control it when you move left and right really iconic cabinets they are really iconic so you've got the the monitor that's then mirrored onto this nice display and then it's got a blue overlay on to replicate the sea yeah and you've got the periscope, which you move. And inside the periscope is a target. Like sights, a little, yeah. Yeah. And also some some LED lamps at the top to tell you how many torpedoes you've oh, got and all that. Of course. That yeah, I remember that now. 
So all that stuff is in the top of the cabin. It's mirrored down into the periscope. Yeah. So there's a few like LED lamps. And then when you destroy something on on screen, there's a series of bulbs behind the play area and they light up. Yeah. Closest to where you've destroyed something. So you've got the electric electromechanical lights mixed in with a video, which is really clever. I'll put a link in to a YouTube video of some guy doing a walk round and he opens up the back of it and everything. You've just jogged my memory. When I was in in Austin, Texas at Christmas time in December, we went into one of the arcades there. There was an arcade there and it sold a lot of games and they had loads of games to play and obviously had for sale signs on the stuff. And I played Seawolf, the original Seawolf. Mm. And I remembered how cool it was because if you play it on main, it's a black and white game. Very boring. Yep. Nothing goes on. There's some, there's some subs uh, I think there's some bullets, and that's it. Nothing going mm. on. When you play the actual machine, as you say, it's lit up really nicely. And if you get hit, I think it's when you get hit by one of their torpedoes, you get the red lights above you, like a red alert going on. Yeah. And when you shoot them, the the, the lights are actually behind the mirror, so it, it doesn't look like it's coming from the display at all. It's actually behind the mirror, and it looks totally different to on-screen action. Mm. It's a really cool effect. I love it when they did stuff like that. Because that space, not sp- space zap, has got a similar thing, has it? It flashes in the mirror, flashes yeah. when, you get, when you get hit. Yeah. And also that other game we played, one with the handles at Euro Arcade. Remember that one? Oh yeah, Space Encounter. Space Encounter. That's got loads of LEDs around the screen as well. That yeah. was a really cool effect. And you can only get that playing on the actual machines because of the electromechanical part of it. Mm. Nice pick, young man. Nice there's pick. A, there's another one as there's well. There's another one. Oh yes, which is very similar. Carry on. It's called Guided Missile by Midway or Missile X by Taito. I don't know who licensed it from who. I have got that on the Intellivision. Oh, and this one is a similar style of game, but you fire, it's just got left-right fire. You fire a missile and it arcs up and then drops. So the effect, of, the effect is the missile going up the screen and then getting smaller and dropping onto submarines, tanks, and Fishing boats, boats, I think. And aeroplanes as well, I think. So the effect... Dolphins. Yeah. (laughs) The screen is a concave screen. It's another one of those mirrored jobs. So the monitor is actually below the play area. Wow. And it's mirrored onto the screen. But because the the backdrop is concave, it looks kind of 3D. Ooh. And this also has bulbs behind the play area that light up. There's only two bulbs. It's left or right side of the screen light up when you get a hit. Nice one. And you can steer the missile through the air. You can like that's you can guide it basically. Ooh, Gu- guided missile. Mm. And that's that's another one that uses electromechanical elements with video. And I think it's a very interesting time in the development of video games. Yeah, they had to think about games, didn't they? Because yeah. the games are so simple, they had to sort of think of little extras you might want to see or, or to get you involved in the game. Mm. I've got a feeling, friend of the show, Ol Mosesi, has got one of these. Oh, I'd love to play it. Next time I go and visit him, I'll have to see if he can fire it up for me and wherever he stored it. It'll be quite fun. He'll have the Taito one, will he? loves Taito, doesn't he? Yes, he has. He's got Missile X. Yeah, I'm sure he has. Mm-hmm. So, before we go, can you tell me what your pick is for the next show's game? Yes! <laughs> <laughs> is it a maze Sorry. game? No. Platform? A, Puzzle? No. Nope. What is it? Shmup, of course. <laughs> it's been a long time since we've had an honest-to-goodness horizontal shoot-em-up. The last one I can find, the last one I can find, 
that you and Alex did was last resort way back. Cut my life into pieces. This is my last resort. Yes. In podcast 14. So that's a long time ago. So I'm mm. going to pick an Thundercross by Konami. Thunder, thunder, Thundercats. Thundercats. Oh, oh you've just given me an idea for a 10 pence orchestra. Oh, no. No, shut it. 1988 Konami game. Okay. I've heard the name before. It plays really well. Hmm. Darren Domination put me onto it. He says, have you played this? I said, yeah, put it on. I thought, no, I've not played this. I thought, oh, it's great. Oh, cool. Default settings, three lives, extra life at 30K and 200K. Easy difficulty it's set to, but it's not easy. It isn't easy. Thundercross. Thundercross, kids, go play it. Yay. Thanks for listening. Thanks for podcasting me, young man. And yes, I'll talk you. to you in two weeks' time. Yeah, thanks, kids, and we'll catch you again later. Goodbye. Bye. You can download or play the podcast, read all the show notes, and leave feedback at www.10pencearcade.co.uk. You can email me at vertvic at 10pencearcade.co.uk. You can also reach us on our Facebook page. You can tweet me at 10 and you can tweet Sean at Sean Holly. We'd love to hear from you for game suggestions, arcade pickups and stories, or any of your personal thoughts on anything we may have covered. 